Thank you. Uh, got the AC running now because it got pretty hot in here pretty quickly, so hopefully it'll cool down just a little bit. But this is a joy to come here. Hopefully, as I said earlier, you don't take me too seriously when it comes to competition. I just, my wife would probably say competition is my middle name. Um, but I love having fun. I love making fun of myself and uh, just having a good time. So I know I see a couple of new faces with, with us, at least, that I'm aware of. Maybe you've been here a couple of times before. But thanks for coming. And uh, just excited to to look at God's Word and God's purpose as we continue. I think this is the last one in the series of our families. And uh, our families in the kingdom of God, right? Great. All right, would you open up your Bible to Luke chapter 6? Probably thinking, Luke chapter 6, whoa, we've already hit that on Sunday mornings. Yes, we have already hit that on Sunday morning. I'm actually just speaking from one verse this evening. Trying to keep it as simple as possible. One verse. And that is Luke chapter 6, verse 36. And they gave us that, that wonderful uh, refreshment and reminder of what you've already gone through in this series. Uh, tonight, Mike and Nate have asked me to come and do a talk on a distinctive of the kingdom. That distinctive is, is on, on mercy, meaning something that contrasts with the world, sets families apart because they are marked by this distinctive. They are marked by mercy. They're marked by mercy. So before we even go any farther forward in this message, I want to ask one simple question. I want to ask this question several times throughout tonight. And we can elaborate and ask this in different ways and things, but this is just basically, are you marked by mercy? Are you, as your family, marked by the distinctive of the King of Mercy? Last night, my family and I began a theme for the month of February. Obviously, we're not in February yet, but um, I'm doing a theme for each month, just starting last night with my family as devotions and worship. And the theme for February is mercy. How convenient that they'd ask me to talk about mercy. Yes, Lord, thank you when you have two things collide at the same time. It's, you know, less work for Jeremy, which is great. Um, so, mercy is the overarching theme of this message tonight. Mercy. Let's look at the same verse that I wrote with my family last evening and then also read again this evening at dinner. Luke 6, 36. Be merciful, even as your Father, as your Father is merciful. Basically, the main gist of tonight for us is this. As a family, you have a monumental opportunity to display God's heart of mercy toward a fallen world in which and how you walk out kingdom ministry in your lives together and this this is not about you it's not about us it's about God showing forth his mercy kingdom mercy in our lives and how you live together in your families let's just pray um, before we get any further in the message Father would you come before your throne of mercy this evening Thank you for providing us your Son, our Savior. Lord, that even as we think about our families and the kingdom, your kingdom, God, we not only just know you as King, we know you as Father because of your Son. What mercy we have received. What mercy we have been shown and we've been given. God, would, would your mercy 
be in our minds and our hearts even as we talk about how we can be merciful. Lord, mercy is defined about how you have shown it. Let us be more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last month when my wife and I were out Christmas shopping together on a date night, um, we found ourselves at the Goodwill store on Route 19. How many of you have been to the Goodwill store on Route 19? It's a great place. We went Christmas shopping there a lot this year. Um, <laughs> it's really easy on your budget. It's great. Well, for me, I'm notorious for when I go shopping, I get exhausted rather quickly. Um, my wife could tell you, yes, like after the first store, he's exhausted. Um, but I get tired when I go shopping. And two things could happen. I can go down two different roads when I'm tired. Ask my wife this, she would say yes. I can go down the road of silliness, or I can go down the road of lacking any life whatsoever. (laughs) So, if I ever get tired, you get one or the other. Silliness is even alive. (laughs) Well, this night in the Goodwill store, I got tired. And thankfully, I didn't just lay down and fall asleep. I went down the road of silliness, well... I don't know if this was my wife was very grateful about this or not, but went down the road of silliness. Silliness struck that night. Now picture me and my wife in this Goodwill store. She's around the corner from me, and she's in the pots and pans or photo frame aisle or something like that. And I'm just kind of tired, kind of what? I want to do something. And what? What can I do? And I find I find in front of me the table with all the Halloween masks. <laughs> And you know what silliness does in those moments? (laughs) I figure, hey, there's a mirror right there. If I put one on, I can see what I look like. So I put this awful, ugly, scary, weird mask on. It's got this hair that goes this way and this way. It doesn't have anything in the middle. And I don't know if the eyes were down here. I I I don't know exactly what it looked like now. But I remember looking at at myself in the mirror and thinking, this looks awful. Now, guess what the next thought was in my mind? I gotta go show my wife this. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, where is she? And I remember I could just barely see through the holes in the eyes. Like, okay, there she is. She, I could see her head on the other side of the aisle. So I just kind of walk around, and, and she's talking about something. I think she knew I was coming. She was talking about something, and just just picture my wife as she's talking, and then looks my direction. <laughs> It was so fun. And she's just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> it was a beautiful time. And, well, I, I just had an enjoyable time that night. Now, Halloween masks, we don't let our kids have Halloween masks that are scary and stuff like that. We just don't want to put things appropriate for days. I don't know when we'll allow them to have them, but I know in that store that night, Phyllis has had a great time with that Halloween mask. Now, scary masks can be are one thing. They can be one thing, but... What happens when the scariness or the ugliness isn't a mask? Now, I'm speaking of of seeing each other and each other's sin in the midst of the family. When you wish it was a mask and they could just rip it off and say, ha ha! Um, (laughs) But truth be told, sometimes it doesn't look that pretty, does it? In our families. Sometimes we want to wear a mask to cover up what is truly there in our hearts. Therefore, the need for mercy. We need mercy. And how good of God that He is a merciful God. He's been merciful to us. He has sent His Son, Jesus, to die for us. 
to know what mercy looks like. In spite of our sin, in spite of how we look, in spite of even, as the Bible says, we were His enemies, He showed us mercy. And tonight, as we look at this verse, it's very simple. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. We see God's heart is that we should see each other through this guise of His mercy. And that we should too be merciful. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. This is hard, isn't it? Sometimes it's very hard. It cuts across the grain of, of just who we are sometimes. Can't believe He did that. I can't believe he just said that. I'm his sister. Shouldn't he show me some respect? I can't believe my dad just got angry. Well, as a family, you have a monumental opportunity to display God's heart of mercy to one another, to a fallen world, to walk out kingdom mercy in the midst of your family. Remember, it's not about you. It's about... God and His kingdom. So here's what I want to do tonight. I have an acronym. Got that word right. Acronym for you this evening to walk through. Stuck. Now, it doesn't have a K on the end. It actually has two C's on the end. I, I tried all I could do to get the K on the end. It just didn't work, okay? Extend me some mercy. I need that tonight. So, stuck. S-T-U-C-C. First S is sin. T is turn. U is unmask. C is cover, and C, the second C, is confound. While we quickly go through this acronym, keep asking yourself this question, am I marked by this? Am I marked by this? Alright, let's start with the S. Sin. Really, sin represents for us here tonight is an understanding that we are all sinners. We all need mercy. Now, in taking advantage of each and every opportunity that God gives you to display His mercy to a fallen world, to recognize this, each one of you in your family is, shocker, sinner. <laughs> Whoa, really? Not me. Yes, you. <laughs> and me. Sin is present all the time. Even if we don't see it manifested, it's there. It's in our hearts. This remaining sin is there. As we trust in Christ, we still have remaining sin. The power of sin has been canceled and broken, but we still have its presence still has a factor in our lives. Now, first off, though, before we get any further in this, okay, this is a series on, our families, series on our families and the kingdom of God. And we would assert the primary context for displaying God's mercy is in your family. Why is that? Can I ask that question? Would you actually answer? Why would you think that mercy being displayed, the primary context for this is in your family? Why do you think? Can you answer that? Anyone? Yes, go ahead. People in your family can hurt you the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly, and they see you the most. We see each other on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis, sometimes, sometimes on a minute or second basis, right? Like, they're always here. Of course, God's blessed us with our families. We also get to see how each one of us responds to certain situations. And the Bible obviously clearly articulates that we're sinners and we're in a family. And therefore, we get to spend the most amount of time with each other, learning and living, and we have the privilege of seeing and tasting while seeing each other at our best moments and at our worst moments. 
Just ask my wife. She's seen me at my best moments. She's seen me at my worst moments. My kids, they've seen me at my best moments. They've seen me at my worst moments. But even, even our best moments are affected by our sin. Even our best moments, we all need mercy. So, sin, understanding sin, is just basically this. We need to recognize that we have this, so we sin. most important part of modeling God's heart of mercy is understanding who we are and who others are in our families. So, we understand that, we acknowledge that. Do you recognize that? When you think about your family, do you know that you and every other member of your family needs mercy? See, mercy, even if you want to term it the college of mercy, if you're thinking about, you know, any of you are applying to colleges, you have to submit an application. Well, to get, you know, get accepted to college, prerequisite is you actually have to apply to the college, right? Well, for mercy, there actually is a prerequisite. It's actually that you've sinned, that you're a sinner. There's a prerequisite for mercy. Mercy, by definition, is given to people who do not deserve it. People who do not deserve it. So do you recognize that? Do you think about that? Are you aware? In your family, in the kingdom of God, mercy is needed because all, all of you are sinners in your family. I just, I can't help but hear John Piper at one message. He says, I qualify! You know, he said that about something else, but it just applies here like, you need mercy? You sin? Yes! You qualify! It's great! Wonderful. So we qualify. So sin. S is sin. T in stuck is turn. Recognizing that as sinners is a wonderful start. We need to. We also need to recognize. The Bible says we should turn from sin. You truly want mercy? Turn from your sin. When you're aware of sin, you must turn from it. In your families, when you're aware that you've sinned, first thing is is obviously identifying, but 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 actually recognizing it and turning from it. Now, this goes hand-in-hand hand with the you, so they're kind of blended together, so don't make an artificial distinction between these, but, but I, wanted to, I wanted to camp out on this just very, very briefly, because it's important to recognize sin. I need to turn from sin. I need to repent. That's what the Bible calls repentance. So, when you're aware of sin, you need to turn from it. Are you, even tonight, are you aware of jealousy towards your brother or sister, or maybe an irritation with your parents? Your mom, maybe... Rebellious. Maybe one of you came here tonight angry with one of your parents. Well, recognize what God would want. Even in the midst of the whole idea of mercy is is a turn in your heart. Ask God to help you with that. You need help with that. We all need help with that. We constantly need mercy. Are you marked by this? Are you marked by turning when you see your sin? Are you marked by that? Let's turn. It's very simple. Unmask is you. Unmask basically means, well, basically, if you picture me in the Goodwill store, it's actually after I surprised my wife and I just took my mask off, revealing who I really was to my wife. Well, she already knew this goofball husband of hers was doing something silly again. Um, but I unmasked, revealing who I really was. And in keeping with repentance, we need to unmask who we really are now, sometimes we're tempted to hide, aren't we? We're tempted to, to hide or cover so that really no one knows who we really are deep in our hearts. It's like we're trying to put on the good person mask so that nobody else would understand that, ooh, the ugly mask is really underneath. But it's not really a mask, it's who we are. 
everything's okay when it's not truly okay. God would want us to, to walk in the light as He is in the light. Ephesians 5.11, you don't have to turn here, basically says this, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead, instead expose them. I love, this is one of my life verses. It's one of my life verses. Because why? To understand in my heart, if I don't walk in the light, my sin only grows worse. I'm sure there are times when Mike, <laughs> senior pastor, is, okay, just relax. You don't have to tell me anything more. <laughs> but I know, I understand my own heart to at least a good degree, a great degree. I need help and I need to unmask what's going on in my heart. Now, unmasking means to expose what's present. You know, this is even part of, of repentance. Part of your turning, even, is, is letting the appropriate people in your life know what's going on. First, God. He already knows, but He wants you to agree with Him and confessing to Him. Secondarily, your parents. Teens, your parents should be your primary means not only accountability, but of them shepherding your hearts. Do you, do you let your parents know? So why am I saying this? <laughs> Aren't we supposed to be talking about mercy? <laughs> this is part of mercy. This is positioning your heart for mercy. God has given your parents to you as a gift. So that you can receive mercy. And that they can extend mercy. So are you aware in your relationship with your parents? Are, are they aware of what your sin patterns are? Do you unmask with them what's going on? Now parents, just a quick couple questions for you. Do you provide appropriate context where your teen can be honest with you? And share with you? Where there's not an agenda that you're bringing maybe? But you know what? I just want to bring a listening ear and come alongside of them. Do you provide also an atmosphere of gentleness and graciousness and mercy even before you're aware of anything in their heart? Is that what their experience is? Is, is a gentleness and a graciousness, a mercy that's almost what's well, basically your disposition, your posture towards them? That's going to provide opportunities for your teams to, to open up and to trust and to know they're not going to get land blasted <laughs> and I know the temptation at times as parents to, to be on the land blasting side but God has shown us mercy and he has given us our kids as a gift to shepherd and to steward towards his heart of mercy obviously all this is near and dear to my heart because I know and unmasking I know this promise from James 4, 6 that I've, I've seen played out in my life time and time again. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And unmasking, that's a posture that God loves to meet with grace and mercy and, and just help with that area of your life. So, God will give grace to the one who unmasks, but to the one who hides, basically the one who hides is missing out. Missing out on grace and unfortunately also the problem left unmasked is only going to grow worse rather than better. So unmasked. 
on masks. Is that something that you're marked by? Are you marked by that in your life? First C that we're going to look at is cover. Now, cover for us this evening has two meanings here. Cover, cover your sin. Now, you're saying, wait a minute, you just said on mass. You said, don't cover. What I mean by cover your sin, cover your sin by what Jesus Christ did. Allow His sacrifice and His grace to cover your sin. Ask Him for forgiveness. And then, indeed, allow God's rich mercy to forgive you and to trust that He has. Trust that He has. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's mercy. That's a promise of mercy. That's something you can take to the bank and basically deposit every single time you've ever sinned and never will sin. And know God is always going to have a disposition of mercy towards me. Why? Because what Jesus Christ did on the cross, full atonement, can it be? Yes. Hallelujah. We just sang about that. So that's the first, covering your sin by, by pursuing the cross, pursuing Christ and the Savior for mercy. Second meaning of this is also, if you're not the one who sinned, but you're the one who has sinned against in your family. Two different situations. The, pers- the person knows it and they're confessing it. So your call is to forgive so that in mercy, their sin is not going to be remembered against You're not going to remember their sin against them. Your call is to extend free, unconditioned forgiveness. Why? Because your Father is merciful. Be merciful as your Father, even as your Father is merciful. Second situation though, what if you're sinned against, or maybe you even just perceive being sinned against? So that's that category too, maybe they actually didn't sin, but you thought they sinned. First, okay, is this thing small enough that I can just overlook it? Is it something that you can overlook and you don't need to bring to their attention? Maybe, obviously, maybe it's something that didn't, didn't really, you know, it doesn't stand out like, oh yeah, this is a big sin pattern for them. Can you cover it over? Scripture says love covers over a multitude of sin. And it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. If you can overlook it, yes, wonderful. Cover it. Cover it without even bringing it up to their attention. If it's something small that's not... You can in your heart say, you know what? It doesn't bother me. It's not that big of a deal. See, remember, mercy is undeserved. None of us deserve it. So if you can cover it over, wonderful. If the answer is no, of course I can't cover this over. Look at what they did. Just tonight, you know, before I came here, my daughter Charity hit my daughter Bethany over the head with what? A VCR tape case. <laughs> Bethany's like... Charity! And I'm like, Charity, go to the bathroom. <laughs> and well, obviously Bethany was having a little bit of trouble covering over that one probably. Well, we all have this. What do you do? Well, first, pray. Ask God for a merciful heart. See, we can't help anyone else with their sin unless we have a heart of mercy representing God's heart of mercy. Second, find an appropriate time to ask a question. Now, I don't know what exactly what question. I mean, questions can be just... Um, yeah, this is always hard for me because on the moment I can never think of a great question. Well, you have great questions. Ask your parents what great questions are. They look like... Ask Nate. He got his great questions. 
How about this question? What did you mean when you said that? Maybe your sister and your brother basically says something that's pretty disrespectful of you. What did you mean by saying that? Or maybe it's your parent who, goodness, did something that might have been sinful. Um, Parents, you probably can easily nod your head and say, do we stumble and fall at times? Yeah, we do. We need mercy. Maybe your dad got angry and he hasn't brought it up or come back and asked for forgiveness. Well, teens, this is a call for you to extend mercy. Maybe first to go to your mom and ask for help. You want to be very careful, very respectful of how you would treat your parents' sin or perceived sin. Remember, heart of mercy. It's coming. Dad, do you remember that situation? What did you think about that situation? See, when we come, we don't want to come with concluded double-barrel shotgun loaded, we're going to just blow them away kind of thing. That's not a heart of mercy. You know? Yeah, I know some of the guys got that one pretty well. Um, If anything, when we come into a situation like that, if you're going to come with a gun, have it pointed towards you. Be suspicious of... And don't... Obviously, I'm not saying go shoot yourself. What I'm saying is... (laughs) Yeah, see? Carelessness with my words is getting me in trouble again. No, what, what I'm meaning is be more suspicious of your own heart than of the person's heart that you're coming to. Because sometimes, you know what? We don't see what's going on in our own heart when we're thinking about someone else's, right? We should be evaluating our own heart. Okay, so... Greatest thing in this is even if they don't see it when you talk to them, think mercy. Trust God's work in their life enough to be able to walk away from the situation without having your preference or your thoughts validated. That's a heart of mercy. It's a heart of humility. And I love Paul Tripp, I believe, is the one who came up with this analogy that you know, our, our sin is kind of like a puddle, or a puddle of mud, you know, and, and each person has their own puddle, and, and sometimes their mud gets on us. You're like, hey, he's gotten out of me. Well, be willing to have mud on you for the glory of God, for the sake of mercy in your family. Sometimes the little things are going to have some mud. God's more, more after one of the things that are bigger that they really need help with, and they really need to see mercy. So, Are you marked by this? Are you marked by a willingness to have mud on your face? Hopefully that it doesn't get on your face, maybe just your feet. That would be better. Are you marked by covering with mercy? Last C, this is where I'm going to hopefully end very quickly, is confound. Okay, how does confound match up with all this? Well, as I read earlier, this statement... As a family, you have a monumental opportunity to display God's heart of mercy toward a fallen world in how you walk out kingdom mercy in your lives together. God's heart of mercy being demonstrated in your families is going to just be confounding to the world. Because they don't see this. There's nothing like this. You mean you actually asked your parents for forgiveness? Get out of town! Why would you do that? you get an opportunity just to share the mercy of God. Because God's been merciful to me. Between my parents, myself, my siblings, we know mercy. You walk these things out together, you will testify to the 
wonderful, rich heart of God's mercy. Is your family marked by that? Have people even asked you, man, your family just is... What's with you guys? <laughs> Have you ever had somebody ask that? I've had... Yeah, cashier at the grocery store asked us a couple of questions one time. One of them I can't repeat, but then another one was interesting as well. But, but just something, your family is going to be testifying to God's reality in this fallen world. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, I'm just going to end with this as a concluding quote. He said this, We must so live that they will be compelled to say, Would to or would to God, and I want to redefine this, I wish I could be like that. I wish I could live in this world and go through this world as that person does. They want to be like you. That's, that's when God's heart of mercy is being on display through your relationships. Now, if you're aware, if you're looking at all this, am I marked by this? No, 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 no. Be reminded, God's mercy is ever-present. All you need to do, Lord, have not been merciful. Confess specifically to God and receive and trust His mercy for you and just take initial steps. So, we pray for us. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I pray that you would just characterize... Lord, you have already. I know many of these families. I know that you've characterized their families as families that are demonstrating your mercy. Lord, I pray also, though, all the more you would accomplish greater mercy in our hearts between each other. That we would be willing to we would be willing to agree, yes, I've sinned, or return from the sin, or unmask sin, to walk in the light together, to cover sin, to forgive sin, and lastly, to be able to stand and watch your work as you testify through us to your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.